and the disciples, feeling vindicated by Jesus about unclean hands, want the woman sent away because she is an unclean Gentile. podcast, a podcast which aims to root you in Christ through his word together. I'm your host, Charles Egwood, and today we are in Matthew chapter 15. We're going to be talking about the fact that Jesus desires for us to seek him with all of our hearts. The very core of who we are must come from loving Jesus. This is the only way our actions will be worship to our King. We will see in this chapter that Jesus doesn't look at the outer action as much as he does the inner motivations. The problem here is that the Pharisees only cared about what was on the outside, both in ritual as well as in behavior and in action. You see, through, living, through a living parable, Jesus shows that being clean is a matter of faith in him, not ritual behavior. So let's set the scene. Verses 1 through 9, the Pharisees are mad. Now, why are they mad? They're always mad at Jesus, so it seems, and that's because Jesus's disciples aren't following their hand-washing rule. You see, they would ritually wash their hands before they ate, and the disciples are not doing that. It's a tradition they value, and in fact, they demand that you follow this tradition and others often do follow it. You see, it's about respect for tradition over anything else. The problem is, and the problem is not that there are traditions. Traditions are not all bad. The problem is this. Jesus sees their glaring blind spot. While they, the Pharisees, are upset over their rules not being followed and the traditions not being implemented, they are actively and routinely breaking God's law. Should they be so concerned over their own laws not being respected, over God's laws being disrespected by themselves? And the answer to that, of course, is yes, but they don't seem to see this. You see, Jesus gives them a little parable about what goes in a person versus what comes out. And he talks about nothing that you eat will defile you, but only what comes out of your mouth. You see, Jesus is much more interested in the heart behind the obedience than the obedience itself. This is shockingly different from other religions and systems. It is obedience out of love. And this is why the Father, this is what the Father desires. Jesus even provides them an example in verses 4 through 7 where he tells them, if you need an example of what you're doing, look at your giving to the temple. You see, the Bible says, God's law says, honor your father and mother, and yet you give to the temple. And when you give to the temple, you say, I can't give to you, mom and dad, because I've given money to the temple. Now, that might sound a little confusing as to why that's bad, but here's the problem. They took the money they were meant, that was meant to help provide for their elderly parents, and instead they gave it to the temple where it would then come back to them in a stiffened form. So they were taking money that they were going to use for their parents and are actually using it for themselves by giving it to the temple. It was not sacrificial. It was a way to circumvent, go around almost like a loophole to God's word. And what Jesus is telling them, is that there are no loopholes to God's word. 
there are no loopholes to God's law. You think you found a way around it, but the problem is your heart is far from me, and therefore you are far from the Father. So let's look at applying the lesson. We've set the scene, now let's apply the lesson. So fast forward, he's walking, and a Gentile unclean woman approaches him. Because she was Gentile, she was unclean. Because she was a woman, she was often seen as unapproachable in this culture. And the disciples, feeling vindicated by Jesus about unclean hands, want the woman sent away because she is an unclean Gentile. Do you see the irony there? You see, we're often blind to our own problems, and here's a good example. So this is not an indication, or this is not a story that allows us to go and bash people over the head. In fact, it is a way that we need to be looking at our own lives. We need to consider what Jesus says here carefully because we, like the disciples, feel vindicated for some things while doing other things sinfully, these same things that we've been vindicated for. And that's what the disciples do here. They have a blind spot. She is unclean by culture. And here's the problem. They want the woman to go away, but yet the woman is calling out Jesus, son of David. She has the right title. She's calling to the right person for help. Her daughter has a demon. And this moment turns into what I would call a living parable. While culturally unclean, she calls Jesus by the right title, son of David, verse 22. But it is her faith and her humility that prompts Jesus to commend her and heal her daughter. If you dive into the story, you'll see that she's begging Jesus to heal her daughter, and he says, should I throw the bread meant for the children, meaning the children of Israel, to the dogs, the Gentiles? Now, Jesus wasn't being rude here. That's not what's happening, and I've covered this in the book of Mark as well, that what Jesus is doing in this conversation is he's trying to press her fate so that she becomes that living parable to show that even though she is ritually unclean, her heart is pursuing God. Even though she is a Gentile, she is pursuing God through great faith and that God responds not to actions, not to cleanliness of culture, but to faith. And Jesus commends her faith that she says, even the crumbs are enough. And Jesus says, you have great faith. He doesn't say that about many of his disciples. He continuously calls their faith weak faith. He'll do so in the next chapter. And here, as we apply this lesson, we see that Jesus is using this woman as a living parable. And he does, by the way, heal her daughter. And he commends her faith and her humility, applying the lesson that God pursues your heart not what's on the outside. He cares about your love for him. He cares about your love for what is right and your faith and your pursuing of him. And he rewards that through healing her daughter and commending her faith. Don't miss that point. Now let's look at Jesus's heart for people here in verses 29 through 39. Jesus draws the broken to himself and this great crowd happens to show up and they're out there for many days and they're hungry and he has compassion on them. And for the second time in just a couple of chapters, he will feed not 5,000 this time, but 4,000 people with seven loaves of bread and have seven baskets left over. And I want to hold off on finishing that story because that story really ties into chapter 16, which we'll cover next time. And so as we land this 
plain, as we look at Jesus's compassion for the broken, as we look at Jesus's commending of the faith of a Gentile woman, we see that as we apply this lesson, Jesus does not care about man's rituals. He cares about God's law. Therefore, as we approach Jesus and as we go throughout our lives, we must pursue a love for Christ that leads to obedience, not obedience for obedience's sake. We're not to look a certain way and to act a certain way to receive God's love, but we are to love God, and then the actions will follow from that. Jesus cares more about your heart than your actions, and people who are simply obedient because they think that's some way to earn God's love often are obedient to a point, but are finding ways to get around that obedience, and their heart is sick and twisted. Jesus cares about that more. Be less like the Pharisees and more like the Gentile woman here who pursues Jesus, even as he seemingly rejects her, pursues him in great faith because he is worth it. Therefore, pursue Jesus, even when life is hard. Pursue Jesus through faith and humility, loving him, and the actions and the things you do will be in line with God's word. I'd like to thank you for joining me in Rooted Together, and I look forward to joining you in the last part of Matthew 15 and Matthew 16 next time. I'll see you there.